Well, I think we've reached the end. <laughs> this is the end. This is. Yeah. We can just change it if we want, though. We can just change it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Raise a Glass, the podcast where we talk about the stories and storytellers that have shaped our lives. My name is Eric Lintola. And I am Hunter Danson. Hunter, today we're going to be talking about uh, She-Hulk and Rings of Power. Um, Maybe not in that order. But before we get into that, um, what is in your glass today? I have... I know nobody sees this, but I feel like I actually have to grab my glass. I have some good old <laughs> peppermint tea. Mm. Nice. I feel like we should like plan these things out so we're like having at least somewhat similar things because I did not go the hot uh, non-alcoholic beverage route. <laughs> I went for the, the end of summer. Um, ruby mm. red kolsch. Nice. Uh, it's a grapefruit base. It's fruity beer. Normally I don't like them, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I noticed I'd been uh, having a lot of alcoholic drinks mm. the past few episodes, so I don't want people to think I'm an alcoholic. Okay, great. <laughs> Noted. Uh, Just because you're a writer does not mean <laughs> you have to become an alcoholic, Okay. Hey, you actually have a happy life. <laughs> yes. You can have a family. You don't have to be self-destructive. <laughs> but what is true art without <laughs> self-destructive nature? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, Hunter, what is it that you are raising a glass and or pouring one out for this week? Um, well, I'm, I'm pouring one out for the war on leaves which has commenced in my neighborhood. We fight them on the driveway. We fight them in the front yard. We fight them in the backyard. And there is a leaf blower seemingly going 24-7 in our neighborhood, (laughs) which is something that I think only I notice um, because I'm kind of sensitive to noise. Especially when I'm trying to record a chapter of my book or something like that. <laughs> and also my finger, uh, because I was putting on my socks and I bent my fingernail backwards um, because my nails were too long. Oh. And it's the same finger that I peeled a couple weeks ago. Oof. But it, it's fine. I've got a nicely peeled finger as well from uh, mm-hmm. Paris. Like five or six peel uh, peel cuts. Yeah. I do have something I'm raising a glass to, but I'll let you. Great. No, go for it. What are you raising a glass to? Well, I'm raising a glass to the prophet Isaiah, uh, who I've been reading uh, lately for the first time in in a while. Um, And I've just been, Mm -hmm. it's been really nice, which is not something you'd usually say about the prophet Isaiah, I guess, or reading the Bible, <laughs> especially the Old Testament. But um, he has some great lines. Uh, and some of my favorites are 
Do not say conspiracy every time these people say the word. Uh, and that feels like a very appropriate thing to say nowadays. Yeah. Listen, listen continually, but don't understand. Look continually, but don't perceive. <laughs> Beware, those who pull evil along using cords of emptiness are as good as dead. And mm. last one. When one looks out over the land, he sees distress and darkness, gloom and anxiety, darkness and people forced from the land. The gloom will be dispelled for those who were anxious. The people walking in darkness see a bright light. Mm. Light shines on those who live in a land of deep darkness. Wow, that feels like something straight out of Tolkien. Like if I if you like said that was in Lord of the Rings, I've read it multiple times. I've been like, <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah, well, it's. I'm sure he read Prophet Isaiah as well. I'm sure many a time. Uh, that's that's awesome. Thanks for sharing those pieces. Yeah. I am um, strangely enough. I'm also going to be pouring one out for my uh, two fingers. Actually, <laughs> um, you can see them here. Uh, I played Oof. the bass in, in our church band for the first time in a while, uh, and I can tell it's been a while because I have a blood blister on my index finger, and I have a just a regular blister on my middle finger, both on the right hand, and uh, they it was so bad. Uh, on Sunday, like Sunday evening, that I tried to write with a pen, but I couldn't grab it. <laughs> so, like, I had to like put it between my knuckles on my right hand to try and write. It was, oh, no. it was, it was sad. I was like, I don't want to pop these; it's uncomfortable. Um, but I am raising a glass to garbage plates. Um, <laughs> I proudly live and love living here in Rochester, New York which is the home of the white hot, uh, the home of French's mustard um, and the home of the garbage plate. Uh, Nick Tahoe's is the one that claims the first garbage plate. Um, and a couple of my friends, one of whom uh, is Andrew, who's uh, been listening to a lot of our episodes. So, mm -hmm. Hey, Andrew, if you're out there um, made uh, garbage plates for, for myself and some friends this uh, on Monday. And Oh, they were delicious. I for those who don't know, meat it, sauce. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, I was gonna make a joke, but no, go for it. Us. Okay, no. I was gonna say for ah, those sorry. for those of you who don't know, a garbage plate is when people in Rochester go out to the garbage and put a bunch of stuff on the plate. So funny, you're just so funny, Hunter. <laughs> um, but you're right. I should probably describe what a garbage plate is. A garbage plate is. Um, everything that you would have at a great picnic, uh, minus the fruit salad on a plate on top of each other. Mm. Um, so usually you start with some type of starch, some type of potato, um, fries or tater tots are kind of a typical Oof. piece. And on that, you put some combination of burgers, either cheeseburgers or hamburgers or a red hot dog or a white hot, which is another Rochester thing. Mm. Um, and then on that, you put a meat sauce. Uh, Nick Tahoe's has a sweeter sauce. A lot of them have a little bit spicier sauce. Mm. Um, often people put raw onions, um, mac salad, 
Um, it's macaroni salad. If uh, you don't understand that slang, um, mustard ketchup, um, and you eat it together and it is so much better than it sounds. And yet exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I had a garbage plate when I visited. No, not. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, we'll have to do it next time. Yeah. It's a, a must have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so let's let's talk about these these uh these stories um i just want to give people a little bit of background uh hunter and i made an audible yesterday evening um from deciding about talking about two other shows um which we uh to these two shows so um can i tell them what shows we were going to talk about yeah yeah okay um Hunter and I both um, are, are big fans uh, to differing degrees of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, the MCU, and two of uh, our both of our favorite like secondary characters in the MCU, um, both of whom have their own TV show, are Peggy Carter and Matt Murdock or, or Daredevil. Uh, spoilers, um, and so we we're going to talk about those two shows, um, but. I know I'm currently in a rewatch of Daredevil, watching with my wife, as it's now gonna you know, hopefully 2024. I think is the plan for a, a new a new season of that. Oh, okay. Um, and and we realized that we'd rather give each of those shows one full episode at some point down the line, mm-hmm. um, than trying to share them. Um, and we also realized we have both um, <laughs> been watching and have now finished She Hulk and Rings of Power. So. Mm-hmm felt a little bit appropriate to talk about two um, stories that are part of grander things that have shaped us as far as like stories. Um, we had an entire episode on Tolkien. Um, yeah. And yeah, MCU. Um, but we decided to kind of focus in on these two and that by itself should probably be a pretty good indication of our, um, how much we would decide to raise a glass towards it or pour it out. <laughs> Um, that we've decided to push both of them into one episode instead of doing an episode for each. Yeah. Well, Anything to add? No, we'll see how it goes. I'm feeling kind of meandery. So, um, cause I think there's a lot of other people, uh, reacting <clears throat> to mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. See where it goes. Well, Hunter, do you want to launch with Rings of Power or She-Hulk? Um, Rings of Power, I think. Okay, great. Can you give us uh, an overview, if somebody hasn't watched the show, kind of what happens in the show? Again, full spoilers. Okay. We're talking through the end now. Yeah, full spoilers through the end. Um, so Rings of Power is about the forging of the Rings of Power. And, um, Mm. I guess there's, you follow Galadriel and Hallbrand and you follow Elrond and, uh, Doran and you follow, uh, Nori and the other Harfoots who are like proto hobbits. And this kind of strange man crashes out of the sky that you immediately recognize as Gandalf. Um, (laughs) and... They try to be all mysterious about it, but it's Gandalf. They try to trick you in the end too, but mm-hmm. it's Gandalf. Um, and 
there's it's it is it is a very it is a stunningly I'm just jumping into my review, I guess. I, I was hoping you'd give us a little bit more of a okay. background. You named a bunch of characters, but if people don't know who they are already, uh, they might not be helpful. So, like the first few characters yeah. you named were elves, and then there was a Harfoot. Nori, uh, for any Hobbit fans out there, is not a dwarf. It's not Nori from Ori, Nori, and Dori. Um, right. The first yes. time that uh, Nori was introduced as Nori, I was like, wait, this looks like a halfling girl mm-hmm. not a dwarf male um so yeah and you you also missed Arendir, um who i think is one of the shining lights in the show oh yes yeah Arendir and um bronwyn and yeah their son yeah and they all have uh, kind of interweaving plots that come together at the end. Um, Galadriel is obsessed with finding Sauron. Mm-hmm. Who's, Sauron killed her brother. And that's one of the reasons she's so obsessed. And she's a very militant Galadriel. If you know or know anything about Galadriel from the books or the movies, even if you've just seen the movies, this is a struck me as as more of a she's a fighting galadriel she has lots mm-hmm. of fight choreography and um she's an elf and she almost finds sauron uh in like the opening and then she kind of gets dealt this backhanded honor of getting sent into the west um to live eternally uh, with the valor, uh, when elves, elves don't really die unless they're killed in battle. Um, but they, they kind of, they sail west to the valor, um, from yep. middle earth, uh, the valor west of middle earth. And only the elves are permitted to go to the valor. The valor are basically angels. Um, and Frodo. Yeah, and Frodo. Frodo gets to go. And Gandalf. Um, yeah, but he, he's, you know, he's ancient. Yeah, he's a wizard. So, mm-hmm. uh, Galadriel is about to go cross, uh, which is a very visually striking scene. Everything is visually mm. striking in this. Oh, my goodness. This is one of those visually beautiful shows I've ever seen. It's like, why blink? Like, there's no reason to blink in this show. Yeah, just... You're going to miss some type of stunning. Everything they do, they just like poured so much money into it that it's stunning. Like the doors opening, the not just the doors themselves, <laughs> but the way they open or the way they close is just like, what? Yeah. What a great, brilliant idea. I'm sure somebody spent hours of their life not just like making this thing, but planning what this thing was going to look like when it was made. Yeah. Uh, so Galadriel dives off the boat. And she um, goes back because she hasn't found Sauron and she needs to continue her fight. And that's where you meet Halbrand. She, he, they, he's kind of floating on a raft with a bunch of other people who are, have been shipwrecked by a Leviathan. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Halbrand um, is supposedly a king of the Southlands. Um, turns out to be Sauron, which what what? Which I pegged in, in like the second episode. Did you? I did. Yes. I'm impressed. Yeah, I have screenshots to prove it. Um, I believe you. Yeah. Well, because he mentioned he was into smithing, and that's Sauron's whole thing uh, for forging the rings. Yeah. It took me embarrassingly too long to get there. But in my defense, I haven't finished the Silmarillion. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if you have ever read the Silmarillion, it was... There, there were also leaks, apparently. Um, I, I didn't know about the uh, leaks, but I learned about them why? while I was I watching do. the last episode. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so then, you know, it's kind of her befriending Halbrand and then figuring out that he is Sauron. They end, they wind up in Numenor, which is an island that is west of Middle-earth um, mm-hmm. that is is kind of like a race of blessed men um, who were blessed really by the people. valor because they fought. Yeah, they, they fought against Morgoth. So they're not immortal like the elves, but they have longer life in the books mm-hmm. they're like taller and stronger. Um, Aragorn is descended Gotta go from faster, 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 Sonic. Yeah, Aragorn is descended from Numenor, and you meet um, Aragorn's grandfather, right? No, it's more more than that. Yeah, well, he's descended from Elendil, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Isildur, who is Elendil's son. And you get some stuff with Elendil mm-hmm. and Isildur and um, Isildur's sister, who is who's not in the books. And there's some weird like some dude hitting on Isildur's sister. Um, they're they're trying to make her a whole thing, like for the next season. I felt like because she also looked into the Seeing Stone at the end. Uh, yeah, before the king died. Yeah, like eh. yeah. Also, is the queen regent is in the books? In the in the Silmarillion, um, I th- there is a queen that is mentioned. I think. Um, okay. I, I don't know if she, if she has as big of a role as the show gave her. Um, yeah, but right. there is kind of like a queen whose husband dies and she she rules Dúmnor for a little while. I, for, I fairly certain, um, in in one form or another, there's a queen. But so, Hunter, I'm just gonna. Put in just uh, 45 seconds to tell the rest of the story. <laughs> go. Numenor people go to Middle-earth where they meet Arendir and um, all of the other characters except for the Harfoots. Big battle with some dude who's a fallen elf and he's not Sauron. Halt, find out Halbron is Sauron. Uh, Sauron tricks him into forging three rings. Uh but they kind of get wise to it, sort of. And so they forge the three elven rings, um, which are kind of important in the universe. And uh, Harfoots do, like, are really loyal to this weird, okay. strange man that almost gets them killed. And then um, there's a fight with these like anime metal punk guys and Gandalf <laughs> that think Gandalf is Sauron and Gandalf I don't get them at all. blows him up. It turns him into moths. Yeah. Because Gandalf and moths is a motif in the movies, kind of. (laughs) 
I just did a spot on uh, impression of Gandalf stuck on top of um, um, oh my goodness, what's the name of Sauron's tower? Um, Sauron's tower, Harthank. In Isengard. Yeah, but it's like Orthanc. Orthanc. Yeah. Uh, talking with the moth and then the eagles coming. Did a spot on impression of that. There's also a cheesy font change from the Southlands to Mordor. Yep. Um, so let's talk about this. There's been a lot of talks about this. I know we're not normally a reactions podcast. Um, and we've really, I think, have maybe spoken too much about the impact of Tolkien. Excuse me, talking on our lives. Um, this is a first. This is very different from The Hobbit, which was very different from The Lord of the Rings. Um, and I'd love to get some of your. We've already talked about how beautifully, like, like visually awe inspiring this this show is. Um, and I honestly still think it felt like a Tolkien type show for most of it. Um, I thought they established the universe well. Um, I wasn't interested very much in many of the storylines. Um, but just trying to give us a little bit of a of a structure to the conversation we have, uh, maybe we talk a little mm-hmm. bit of the the our thoughts on how the show went. Um, and then maybe we speak, um, I don't know, more into the way that the story was told and to the desires we would have to maybe even create a Tolkien-based lore. Um, could be some ideas where we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I have, I'm just going to say up front, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> it was incredibly disappointing for me. And, mm-hmm. I also want to say like there's a fair amount of especially in the subreddit there's a fair amount of like vitriol um and making fun of characters and actors and I I cannot stress this enough the actors are too good for this show. Yeah, that's I agree with that. <laughs> because I I have never seen such a waste of talent and money. <laughs> thrown onto a screen with such soulless direction and soulless writing. (laughs) Wow. This is getting intense. It is. It's, it's just baffling to me. I, cause you look at the screen and the screen is literally glowing when you're looking at it and you're like, (laughs) how could they spend this much money and make it look this good? And yet, I don't feel a thing. <laughs> the only times I felt something was like a few performances from the actors. And that's why I say mm. the actors are too good for the show. Because like anytime um, Ishmael Cruz Cordoba was on the screen, he's, he plays Aaron Deere, mm. um, who is an elf of color. Um, but like he was the elf I believed the most. Um, he was so good. He was amazing. Uh, and they I took just, him out of the last episode. He wasn't even in it. Was yeah. he in the last episode? Yeah. 
like I just I felt him whenever he whenever he was on the screen, whatever situation he was in, like his the way he communicated with his face and his body language and his voice, like s- such good acting. Um, especially, I mean, I think they gave him more to act with than like Nori, um, mm-hmm. who, who is also a yeah. good actor. But it's just like everyone is is good. Um, it's just. Like there's some baffling little, little things, I guess, some pet peeves of mine were the hair. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when Elrond and um, Celebrimbor were like, we're talking about the rings and, and they made, for some reason they made Elrond and Galadriel like really bullish about making these rings, which in the Silmarillion, um, you know, they're kind of wise to what Sauron is trying to do. Sauron is, is kind of like this smith, um, basically. That's how he presents himself. He he's is still fair in those days, Tolkien says. And mm. but Elrond and Galadriel don't really trust him, so he goes to Celebrimbor. And um <clears throat> I was looking at like Celebrimbor and uh Elrond, and I could just I could just I just imagine them talking about like a really hot stock option. Um, to like, hey man, we got to get in on this ring stuff because it's gonna go through the roof. Because <laughs> their hair is just like it. It. I just looked like they were. Mithril on is the new currency where it's at. <laughs> yeah, crypto, crypto mithril. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's really uh, funny. Oh, sorry. That's, I'll say one more. Which thing. Which isn't on and, the actors. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. And it's not, it's not on the actors. Like Elrond, as much as his hairstyle has really dropped the ball, like he's still a good actor. And the, and the scenes with him and Durin are some of my favorite. Oh, um, they're so fun. And yeah. Durin's wife. Yes. Um, Disa. Disa. She, the, the, the point where she was, at one point she sings to the, to the rocks mm. to help um, get, I think three or four dwarves out of a cave in while they're trying to um, mine Mithril. Uh, and mm-hmm. like the whole space like resonates um, and you can like feel it in your soul, uh, the song. And you can yeah. see the actor who plays Alron could feel it in his soul too. And he's like, what, what is this? Like that was, a, that was a really like intense and moving scene. Yeah. That was, a, that was a good one. There's little gems of scenes throughout, but. And I think you hit on the point. This is at any point you could you could pause this movie, the show, and like frame the picture. Um, and mm-hmm. you can point to just. I don't think I knew that any of these actors or actresses before watching the show. Um, and and I'm interested in watching things with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think the woman, who, the actress who plays Galadriel, like just knocks out of the park. I think she does a great job personally. Um, yeah. And, and like I, but the characters are all pretty wooden. Um, yeah. Like Ellen deal seems like a really cool character. Um, but like it's, it's almost like they try to do too much at once. And like, I, I don't even understand. Like they brought in Gandalf and the Harfoots just like to, like Gandalf was around in the, this age, but like, they they brought in that whole story. They created that whole story arc just to like draw in fans who like wanted to see hobbits and expected it, to see hobbits. You know what it felt like 
it felt like they were trying to echo the motifs of the movies with the Harfoots mm. because, you know, Frodo finds a ring and Nari finds a naked meteor man. Um, and, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, you know, she goes on an adventure. Uh, she's mm-hmm. an adventurous hobbit, just like yeah. Bilbo and, and Frodo. Um, mm-hmm. And I sent I I didn't text you my reactions to the finale. I sent them in. Um, I was writing them down, and I don't know how much of my handwriting you can read, but I think that there was one moment in the finale um, where it was pulling them up now. Yeah, it was one moment where it was like. Quote, adventures must be shared. And this was like one of the moments in the whole thing with the Harfoots that I felt, not necessarily mm-hmm. because of the strength of the show, but just because of Tolkien's, um, the spirit of Tolkien's writing um, yeah. and the background, the history I had with that and, and yep. that moment kind of echoing that. Um, there's this essay by Tolkien. I'll link it in the um, the notes. Uh, I, I can't get it off the top of my head now, but he quotes this kind of, it's, it's on fairy stories. Um, and he's talking about this kind of the spirit of a fairy story, um, which is we basically fantasy story. And he's, he says, he quotes this kind of old English poem and I can't do it justice, but you know, he's like, there's that one smooth path that goes straight, um, you know, to a good righteous life, but that kind of windy path through the forest is the one which I might take. And that is kind of the, the spirit of, of adventure that I think Tolkien mm-hmm. captures in The Hobbit of, you know, just the magic of that sentence, in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. going on an adventure. But this show, it was, it was trying to do that with the Harfoots, but I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't feel it. I almost feel like this show started with too many characters that they wanted us to deeply care about. Um, instead of starting with Frodo and building, um, or you know, or Bilbo, it's like building a team from there. You kind of went with okay, let's start in four different places with four different groups, and like maybe eventually have them interact. But like, I don't even know if they ever will interact. Like I, I don't see any way in which they. I mean, they're kind of like maybe going east now yeah. <laughs> that they've been west. Um, like the cast was. It, it felt like they were trying to start a show in the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Instead of starting where it should begin, and one of the beautiful things about many journeys is they start off small. Uh, and they had the beauty of deciding that the second age small could have been 
just following Galadriel. Yeah. In the first episode or two. And like maybe do some cool like flashbacks to what was happening in the other pieces. Mm-hmm. Um and they were building up to like these big reveals as well. So instead of small reveals on the way, like there were these uh, there are a few, two big reveals, I think. One is the Sauron thing. Um, may- maybe three. Mm-hmm. Mithril is one, probably. Um, yeah. And then the other one, I think, uh, but the, the, the midpoint of this, this show was um, sticking this sword into, a, into the ground uh, mm-hmm. and turning it and opening up a pretty much a, a levee. Um, like, and this water yeah. poured down into yep. the tunnels that these orcs had been spending the first five episodes digging. Um, that you, at this point you'd kind of forgotten about. You're like, oh, maybe they're just digging it because they can't be in the sun. And then the water uh, goes through all these tunnels into um, a mountain, which you learn is a dormant volcano. And all the water hits it and it causes the volcano to erupt. And then you're like, oh, this is Mount Doom. And now the Southlands have become Mordor. Uh, And it happens right after the Numenorians come to save the Southland people. Mm -hmm. uh, When you see two or three of the storylines connect. uh, Which was kind of cool and like epic to watch. Like visually epic. Some amazing Um, water effects, I have to say. And volcano. Right, yes. All those. The burning horse. Yeah. I have a there, what was with all the horse shots like there's this one early on with Halbrand and Galadriel and it's just like a slow motion Fabio horse and there are just all these really weird very specific shots focused on the horse I don't I don't know uh Is this show so bad in your mind, Hunter, that it does a disservice to Tolkien's legacy or or not? Th- or, or how would you compare it to your experience of Hob- The Hobbit? I think that Tolkien's legacy is in his words and mm. that can't be touched. This show is something different for me. Um, yeah. This show, I think, is a waste. A, a huge, huge waste of, of money and talent. Um, and, you know, it's not like there aren't moments that are enjoyable. I mean, it, you know, they <laughs> there were so many people working on this. Um, but it's... I really liked the first Hobbit movie. I watched it like three or four times. Um, and the second and third one, um, I, I watched and mainly, mainly watched a lot of stuff about the production of it and <laughs> how they brought in, um, Peter Jackson, like very late in the process. Mm-hmm. Originally it was going to be Guillermo del Toro, which, oh, every, every time I think about Guillermo del Toro doing The Hobbit, I just... I, I take a stab in the heart because they would have been so Guillermo is one of my favorite directors. Um, 
But Peter Jackson, I think he says at one point, we were laying the track as we were uh, going on it. And yeah, there are videos of him like writing the scenes right before they shoot the scenes. Yeah. And, you know, presumably they had something to go in for the first one. And then as it kept going, it just got more and more out of control. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, the, the Hobbit trilogy feels more like a genuine like catastrophe as the movies keep going on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I saw the light like fade from (laughs) the sky. Yes. On the wind. I heard a cry as the snowflakes cover my fallen brothers. I will say this last goodbye. Yeah. It's Beautiful music in it too. That that point that was the only point that got me crying in the second or third movie. <laughs> yeah. That was like they ruined Bjorn. Ugh. Yeah. So but okay, so my f- so, sorry, yeah, I interrupted. I'll bring it into a I'll let you go. I don't want to monopolize, but this is what I'll say. The the uh the Hobbit felt like <clears throat> felt like watching the process of a train crashing in real time this this was more like watching uh i don't know it it was more like finding out that they're building a train a track somewhere that you have no like like building a train track to the middle of antarctica um or somewhere that like you have no idea why they need to go there um and it's a very incredibly well-built train, maybe the best train that's ever been built, but it has <laughs> no point. <laughs> Except for like Jeff Bezos wanted to build it there. I don't know. It's just uh, <laughs> like, why, why do I need to see these, this like weird exchange between the queen and Elendil about stairs um, yeah. And why do I need to see it's nine it? steps, not eight? Yes. <laughs> and why, why? I never asked for this from Tolkien. And I never asked for a seal to like eating half of an apple and throwing the whole thing in the sea when he could have gone and fed it to his horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the question I come away with is, is why? Uh, but. Yeah. I'll give it up. I so I enjoyed this show clearly more than you did. Um, I I had I had high expectations for the show and it did not meet them. Um, but I, without a doubt, will watch a second season of it. Um, if for no other reason than than your analogy of it is the most beautiful train I've ever seen built. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every piece about it is stunning and 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 if they change out who's doing the writing we now have Sauron we now have the three rings of power we we now have like a group of people together that can be like I don't know I feel like we're now in a much better spot than we were in the beginning of the first season because I feel like the first season has answered questions I didn't really care about um, and did it in a way that was be- beautiful to watch but like not interesting um but i think that the show will only get better 
Um, and it has to in order for them to they're going to make more seasons of it. They can't not because of the amount of money they've already poured into it. I don't see any way that they wouldn't. Um, but I, I, I think it will get better. Um, and I'm not worried about the quality of the actors or the quality of the show. I'm just the dialogue and like the, what actually happens. Like mm-hmm. it's going to look beautiful when it does happen, but like, uh, and now Gandalf is not a puppy, uh, as you had said in the first episode <laughs> or second episode. Yeah. He finally has his own voice, which is encouraging. Um, yeah. I don't understand at all why they had to add those like three random people chasing him. I that was so weird. I look. I mean, I, I mentioned anime, and and I've seen some anime, and anime can be a good thing, but it didn't this that style does not work in tolkien and i don't like no. why did they have boob armor and like yeah why why did they turn into other people why, why are their eyes I, I, it was their fingers were black but they like the rest it's, it was just like totally out of left field and i don't know i almost feel like it would have been better if it wasn't supposed to be lord of the rings um mm. At least, it's almost like the the directors and or whoever makes the decision about this in TV shows just kept saying yes whenever anybody asks them about something, and uh, maybe they should have made a lot more no's to help kind of give the story a line. But the interesting about interesting thing about talking about rings of power versus she hulk and i'm going to make a transition here is there anything you want to say before um, the transition i i don't want to watch season two okay i want to read lord of the rings again <laughs> it's that about taste. that time i good taste back in the mouth <clears throat> yeah there, there was just like one line of dialogue it's she they say with three there is balance when they're talking about how many rings they want to forge and it just sounds like the kind of kind of like bogus reason plot reason that Tolkien would not accept and like but I need to I need to read it again. I need to read Lord of the Rings again and I need to read the Silmarillion again to to refresh it in my mind and go back to his world and his words um and not the words that other people are not other people's interpretations of them. Yeah. You, you, I mean, Tolkien, Tolkien used a lot of words, but none of his words were cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like there was a lot of kind of cheapness in this. Um, and the stakes were too high and yet not high enough and not interesting enough. And yeah, I I don't think it's one I'm going to raise a glass to, but I I can't justify pouring one out because it's just so beautiful. And there there are enough good things about this show that I think it's if you want to watch a show that is just going to just be awe, like the feeling of awe is very normal in this show, just because it's it's incredible and it doesn't look fake. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not the case with some parts of She-Hulk. Um, but 
it's it's not like telling you something that's gonna cause you to think um or even like I'll, cause you to cheer that much either yeah I'll, I'll raise a glass to the talent on display to the actors mm. to the poor guy guys who must have spent countless countless hours animating that water um <laughs> and all those smoke effects i have a friend who who is pretty good at blender um and like smoke effects and water if simulations and that's that's very costly it takes a lot of power and a lot of storage space and a lot of time and like it's if raising a glass to you um and all the work that they put in mm-hmm. but to the show as a whole into the writing i just can't can't do it yeah well while we both had incredibly high expectations for rings of power i don't think either of us had much expectations at all for she hulk i know i didn't i know i was like oh she hulk's out now i feel like i'd heard about like five years ago and it's like oh it's a show now Uh, did you have expectations high expectations low expectations any expectations no, I I am still confused as to why I watched the entirety of She-Hulk. Um, because most of the time I look at all of the Marvel side stuff that Disney is doing and I'm like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. I, you're just cashing in. Um, but for some reason, I just watched that first episode and um, kept watching it. And I was actually kind of looking forward to each episode. Um, to find out what happens to Jen, um, and yeah. Uh, so let me kind of walk us through the 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 pra- the, the plot of. Yeah, of I think you're much better at these than I am. I think that's what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> I pre- I felt like I was reliving the the first few episodes of Rings to Power as you were talking. Uh, oh, and then I was like, oh no, time wise, we're gonna spend like the next half hour talking about like recapping the show people will like have felt like they'd watched it um but maybe maybe not uh it's interesting <laughs> yeah if if i don't have time to like pare down what i'm going to say and think it through then i tend to uh just dwell on all the details okay so premise of she hawk Jennifer Jennifer Walters, who we learn is Bruce Banner's cousin, is in a car driving with him. Um, they get pushed off the road because of this weird alien plane ship. Um, and some of Bruce Banner's blood gets into her cut um, because he was wearing a, an inhibitor that prevents him from becoming the Hulk. Um, which we learn is by itself enough to turn her into uh, a Hulk as well. Yeah. So she is now a Hulk, um, trying to keep her identity kind of hidden. Um, only herself and Nikki, who's one of her best friends, and Bruce, and the audience. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this show. Uh, know that she's a Hulk uh, at the beginning of the of the show, and she's also a lawyer. And so she, it's like there's this whole idea, like oh, like what took Bruce Banner five years to come to identity, you know, come to be both a Hulk and himself took her about five minutes. 
mm-hmm. um, or five weeks. There's a whole like training montage type scene with Bruce Banner, uh, Mark Ruffalo at the beginning. A lot of cameos in the show. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yo, I've been doing this my whole life because I'm a woman and like I have to wear so many hats. And it's like, okay. And like, there's a, a large aspect of like female empowerment and like calling out the haters and calling out all of like mm-hmm. the problematic systems that benefit white males. Um, and yep. that's, that's a vein that goes through this entire show and it is not hidden. <laughs> it is very clear. That's actually the main villain in the show is like, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, in this court case that she's, um, trying to win, um, all of a sudden Jamila Jamil, who plays a character called Titania, um, ends up in the courtroom and she's also super strong and in order to protect everybody jennifer walters becomes um her hulk identity um at which point and she saves a day at which point she is fired um is called she hulk and is then rehired to work at an attorney um as she hulk and she's realizing oh like even though she did earn it um other people are thinking that she wouldn't earn it yeah she Um, can't get a job as the normal jen walters a stipulation of her new job she works it's a superhero division yes and yes she stipulation is that she has to be she hulk when she's working she can't be just jen yes and that's that's the 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 piece that the show is about um again if you didn't think this is what that show the show is about um she goes out and tells you by breaking the fourth wall in the last episode saying no, this entire show is about me trying to come to grips with being Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Um, tr- like taking the the what had been really high stakes and kind of lowering them um, to be more personal to herself. Um, she ends up as her first court um, client, um, defending and winning the case for the abomination. Um, Wong shows up, which was fun because Wong's awesome. Um, she talks about how everybody likes Wong because it's like uh, it's like twitter armor for the show for a week just hilarious again fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. um she ends up at a wedding um where she her friend refuses to let her be uh jen walters or she hawk she has to be jen walters she ends up finding a guy that she likes but uh it turns out um this guy was actually just after her blood um a lot of um um sex scenes that are not shown uh, in this show, it's because it's about her being uh, herself, mm-hmm. um, and all the guys that she's getting, she's really down because people, are, the guys are all interested in her being She-Hulk, not in her being Jen Walters. And there's this whole side plot in one or two of the episodes with Titanium stealing her name. It's 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 a thing that fun. happens. I don't know if it's. I like the know. intro with um, Titania's ad. Um, She-Hulk by Titania. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the kind of the the whole show comes down to in the last scene um she ends up at the abominations retreat um he has made a statement that he will not turn into the abomination um instead is like a zen dude who runs this retreat um after she's been told that oh i forgot one of the main pieces of it um she's been told she can't be she hulk anymore because mm-hmm. she hawked out um, at this um, award ceremony for female lawyers, which again they call out straight out, like, "Hey, like this is 
like I do, we do twice yeah. the work for half the recognition and people and keep asking. Angelica Skyler like is one of the lawyers. She's <sighs> fabulous. Um, she calls it out. It's great. Um, and the bad guys in this are called the, what are they called? Um, the Hulking, Hulking, Intelligentsia. And the whatever's. Yeah, Intelligentsia. And that's what the whole thing is. It, the whole thing is, is a fight on Twitter trolls. Um, well, yeah, they hack the d- display and they show, are going to show a sex tape. And so she yeah. smashes the screen. Which I, everybody's like freaked out at her. And I was like, yo, like, why, is, why are people scared? <laughs> yeah. That she was destroying a screen. Yeah. Um, uh, what, one of the things that we failed to mention is that Daredevil shows up. Yeah. Uh, at one point. There's also, there's a lot that happens in this show, which I'm realizing makes it very hard to describe because every episode just kind of throws in more and more subplots. Um, yeah. But Daredevil and She-Hulk become a thing. Um, yep. And it was really great to see Matt Murdock again. Yeah. Um, there's this evil frog dude who's really stupid and not that evil. Um <laughs> But he uh, kidnaps a, a clothing designer for superheroes who is different from the previous clothing. Yada, 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 yada. Show ends um, with this scene where Jennifer Walters, as herself, not a She-Hulk, enters into this retreat center lodge to ask um, the Abomination, whatever the human version of Abomination is. Um, it's like Elon Musk or something like that. Um, it's not that, no, it's not Elon. Uh, Emil. No. Emil Blonsky. Yes. Um, like just some questions, and it turns out he's as the abomination stepping into a uh, intelligentsia rally, and like all of a sudden now Bruce Banner shows up, and and um, all her friends are there, and Titania shows up, and she's like, whoa, 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 stop! And so they actually stop the filming. And then the Marvel, you think you're, you think you've been locked out of Disney Plus because like the Marvel page shows up on Disney Plus, and she's like, "Excuse me, you can't get through it." And there's just honestly, the whole show is worth watching. Sorry, if you're gonna watch any of the show, watch the last five minutes of the last episode <laughs> um, because she ends up just breaking the fourth wall, like leaving She-Hulk, entering into Marvel's assembled, um, talking with the writers of the show, pretty much calling them out, and then going to meet Kevin Feige. Um, and everybody's like, no, you can't be Kevin. You can't be Kevin. Um, she goes down to meet him and it turns out Kevin is actually a robot, um, standing for knowledge. I wish I had written this down. Knowledge, something, 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 something. K E V I N. And he's got his hat, black hat on, uh, like Kevin Feige always does, which is hilarious. Um, and she has a conversation with him where she calls out some of the Marvel tropes and has him change the final scene. Um, to pretty much get rid of everybody um, and add Daredevil. And she says, and I quote, that's what Hulks do. We smash things. Bruce Bruce smashes buildings. I smash fourth walls and bad endings. And sometimes Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. And that scene by itself, like, and, and like the things that happen, it's just, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, and that's what the show is about. It's about her finding her identity as She-Hulk and as Jennifer Walters. Um, why'd you why'd you watch it? I'm curious. Why'd I watch it? Did you say? Yeah. Oh, because we watch all of the Marvel things. Okay. Um, I the only Marvel things I have not watched, I've not finished. Um, um, 
Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Okay. Uh, I have did. And I'm never going to finish Shield. Um, <laughs> Agents of Shield. Just I think I made the first three, four seasons, and I just gave up. It's just too much. Wow. Three, I don't care. Four. I don't care, Daisy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was all about Fitzsimmons. Like I was. Oh yeah. You know, live and die Fitzsimmons. Um, I did not watch the rest of Luke Cage, and yeah, um, I did because it was mm-hmm. too scary, and I did not watch um, Jessica Jones after the second episode because it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> so outside, I've even seen most of Cloak and Dagger, which was on like Hulu. Oh wow! Um, like if Marvel makes it, I'll probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, like here's my money, I get it. I'm yeah. so excited for um, the new Black Panther movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think it might be the best Marvel movie. But, oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah, who knows? So that's why we watched it. Um, yeah, how about you? You said you didn't plan on watching the whole thing. No, I, it was just one of those things where I just clicked and uh, watched it and... I think I kept watching for Jen, honestly. Um, the actor who plays her does a really good job. And I don't think they could get away with the fourth wall stuff because she speaks directly to the camera a lot. Um, I don't think they could get away with that if she didn't sell it so well. Um, because, yeah, she does that. I don't know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially for me, is a hard sell for me. Um I don't like Deadpool, um, which if you like Deadpool, I, you know, I'm glad, you know, you like Deadpool, but I love Spider-Man. And to me, Deadpool is just like R-rated Spider-Man. And mm. um, sure, the fourth wall in the movie is like kind of funny and Ryan Reynolds is funny. But for me, that's like, it's just kind of cheap. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a dirty joke. Like dirty jokes are pretty easy to make. Um, and it's really easy to make a kind of lame sentence sound really forceful if you just throw in the F word. Um, but I don't know, it is kind of cheap to me, but, but they did, they did it pretty well. Uh, and, and Jen did a really good job of kind of making it, uh, believable because I think that's what you're breaking the wall between you and the audience. Um, mm-hmm which, you know, takes the suspension of disbelief from the audience. And I think they did a good job of kind of uh, preparing the audience for the final episode where it just, see like, breaks through your TV. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they kind of up the zaniness um, with with the fourth wall um, as it goes on. But... I, I also found out that, that Matt Murdock was going to be in it. And so I think that's why I kept watching is I wanted to see Matt Murdock. I just show me daredevil. Yeah, I, I love uh, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. It's, and it's, it's, yeah. it's so incredible. Um, but yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I liked the energy, I guess, which is, didn't think I would, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, I'm a white man. Um, we're both white men and we're uh, to some extent, maybe we're mansplaining too much, but um, <laughs> I just, Ouch. they, they have Cardi B in there. Um, and I don't, I don't really listen to Cardi B, but 
all of the tracks and things, I think they did a really good job of, of communicating the, like, uh, the resistance that you face as a woman in the workplace, um, I guess, especially as a lawyer, um, and those kinds of jobs, um, the misogyny and harassment. And I, well, I haven't really experienced that firsthand. Um, I can empathize with it. And, uh, I have kind of a counter cultural life, not, not nearly to the same extent. I'm not trying to equate my experience with, with, with being a woman in a workplace and experiencing that level of discrimination. Um, but Virginia Woolf talks about how a lot of writers, um, she's talking about male writers and she says, you know, when they sat down to write, the, the world asked them a question. The world just had a massive indifference to their writing. Why write? You know, it's, it's useless. Why would you put words on a page? What's that going to do? And for the, for the woman sitting down to write, especially in Virginia Woolf's time, it wasn't just indifference. It was outright resistance. Um, mm. But I, I, I identify with, with having to resist that kind of cultural pressure, which to some extent is internal, but um, I don't know. I just like the energy of it, of kind of pushing back against it. And I can, could empathize with it. Um, I think both of these shows are getting a lot of pushback from a lot of critics. Um, I was watching some YouTube videos trying to figure out what kind of what people's thoughts are on She-Hulk, and there was a lot of angry men talking about it. Intelligentsia. And, right? I mean, and, and I think that Rings of Power deserves some of the pushback. Um, I think the quality of the show itself, like the storytelling, just wasn't there. And so mm -hmm. it, it's not the type of story that we're interested in talking about. And like even as we were talking about it, we talked about the visual aspects of it and a couple sub-subplots and scenes that might have impacted us. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I think this, the overall storytelling narrative in this show is much better. Um, and I don't think it deserves a pushback. Um and it was definitely fun to watch. Um, and I appreciate yeah. that there's all, I, I really liked the fourth wall breaking. I think that they, it was also nice to kind of see Marvel take another step into like making fun of itself. Um, yeah. It's. And I, I, I gotta be honest at the same point, I think that, this is not a cohesive show in and in, in that everything doesn't like come together. And she makes fun of that at the last episode mm -hmm. of saying, Hey, like, why are there all these things happening? Um, and a certain aspect of me really likes it when things come together. Um, it makes it make, makes things make more sense as to why they're in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But maybe that's maybe maybe this show feels more like just watching somebody's life, and that's what it's about: watching her life as first she says as a lawyer, but then it's really as Jen Walters slash She Hulk, and like one of the most yeah. Uh, one of the most gripping moments in this in the show is when uh, Jen is in uh, Emil Blonsky's um, lodge uh, earlier on the show, um, and it's a really, really, like, really great scene. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of set up like uh, like a group therapy session. It is a group therapy session. Yeah, and. Um, she says something on the lines of having She-Hulk is like have is like being able to turn into the most popular person in school, mm-hmm. which is theoretically great. But she's still Jen, and she's had so many experiences in the show where people are interested in her because she is She-Hulk. Yeah, and when she becomes Jen Walters. They stop being interested. The guys that were interested in her stop being interesting, interested in her, mm-hmm. um, which is the kind of the, the sub, one of the subplots I didn't really talk about as much, but it's probably one of the more hmm. important subplots. Um, yeah, that really the reason she's able to like reclaim the name She Hulk is because she had a dating profile with the name She Hulk, and she had a dating profile with the name Jen Walters, mm-hmm. and all of the dates she got were because she was She Hulk. And yeah. the guys she was with were interested in her because she was She-Hulk. And there's a scene where she becomes Jen Walters afterwards. And this guy's like, oh, I'm going. Um, she's like, well, it's you know, hot doctors a cliche anyways. Um, which is kind of one of the fun points when Matt Murdock comes in. And even though they do things with, with um, Daredevil's character that I don't think are maybe, I don't I wasn't. I was, interested. I was just so happy to see him that I didn't really think about it. And I thought about it afterwards and I was like, eh. I like mean, there's a fun piece of like, he's interested in Jen. Yeah. And like, that's the type of character that Matt Murdock is. Um, and it's a type of character that uh, Jennifer Walters is. Um, yeah. She's a very, good, she's very well acted. And, yeah. And like, I mean, I'm hoping to see them come together in a like in hell's kitchen i think that'd be kind of cool to see yeah um i don't know if it will be but um the storytelling for this show was better um but i i still i still do think that there was just too many i i, I can't give you a cohesive i tried right obviously the beginning of this episode i tried kind of giving yeah. a cohesive like this is what happens and like there is a, a theme um, but there's so many things that happen, and uh, it's only eight episodes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I fell into a kind of um, <laughs> the YouTube criticism circle of the Last Jedi. Uh, watched a lot of stuff about it. I I had a strong reaction to the Last Jedi, and I discovered that. For me personally, if I don't, if I am noticing plot holes, it's usually a symptom, not that the writing is bad, but that I don't like it. 
Mm. Because <sighs> The Last Jedi is not bad writing. There are plot holes. There are people I don't, characters I don't like. There's other stuff. An entire subplot that's not worth it. Yeah. But The Empire Strike back, Strikes Back has plot holes. Luke falls. Uh, when Luke falls after his arm is cut off, he somehow survives. And Bespin, when they go and pick him up. I mean, it's Star Wars. All kinds of crazy stuff happens in Star Wars. <laughs> um, so it's, but. But I I just didn't like what they did with Luke Skywalker's character because he was an important character to me in the lore of Star Wars. And I didn't like the direction that they took with him. Um, and over time, I've, I've come to the conclusion that like, you know, unless it's some, unless it's like a black hole of a plot hole, um, <clears throat> plot holes don't really matter to me. Life has plot holes. Um, there's all kinds of weird stuff that happens. People make dumb decisions. Um, and yeah, it's kind of weird that like she becomes She-Hulk. Just the way she becomes She-Hulk um, is, you could say, is kind of weird. And like, you know, they end up scratching the whole thing where uh, Intelligentsia gets her blood and that guy's going to turn himself into a Hulk. Um, she's like, oh yeah, maybe it shouldn't work like that in our conversation with Kevin. Um, and <laughs> like, sure, you could call that a plot hole and then on the surface and say, oh, the show is bad because of that. But it's Marvel. Like, <laughs> yeah. like nothing makes sense in Marvel, but that's not the point. The, is, the point of Marvel is not to be hard science fiction. It's to tell stories. And yeah. I liked the story that they told and I don't think you can say and they tell stories that relate to our culture right here, right now. Yeah. And it's, it's a story that is pretty well told, um, as well. Um, and I don't know, it's, I suspect I haven't watched any of the criticism and I don't plan to because it's, that is a black hole that, that whole mm-hmm. <laughs> space. Um, and look, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. But personally, the question to ask is not: Is this show good? Bad? Is this is this show bad, um, or is this show good? The question is: How does it make me feel, and why? Um, yeah. And I I don't know. I liked it. I felt kind of like camaraderie with Jen, which is, oh, don't cancel me. Um, But she's a good character. Um, She's really, (laughs) yeah, she's a great character. Yeah, no, this is, uh, uh, I I think it's um, safe to say that we both would raise a glass to this one. Yeah. I, I think that across, I'm trying to think about both shows because both shows are coming out at the same time and that's that they're coming out at the same, same moment and they both have are have like the primary character in both shows is a strong female character. Um, and yet there's, they're very different shows. Um, and I think that 
She-Hulk does a really good job of speaking into our culture right here, right now. And um, there are many pieces that you just, as you shared, that that we can't understand because we're men. Um, and you know, many things I don't understand because I'm not a lawyer as well. Um, <laughs> that's just a random joke. I don't know if that'll land. Um, and I think I'm also learning in this that uh, or realizing just how much I need you in these types of episodes uh, <laughs> because I feel like anything that I've enjoyed about our conversation so far have been things that you have said. So I appreciate your ability oh, to, again, thanks. kind of take us out of just talking about the show to talking about kind of what's at work behind it or other things that you've read or, I mean, we've talked about Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, off you know, off book so many times, like <laughs> so many times. We've talked about The Last Jedi oh, yeah. yep. for hours. Mm-hmm. Um I think that was probably years ago. Yeah. Um, and I just watched, I just like blitzed through uh, all six episodes of Andor today. Oh, wow. Um, and one of the reasons I, I really enjoyed it is because it has much more of a Rogue One feel. Um, mm. And while it's still Star Wars, it feels like an actual, like, unique type story. Mm-hmm. Um, and one where I care about the characters. Um so, I don't know. Um, and like, again, that's also coming out at the same time. As this. It's, it's interesting to see kind of what's coming out. Neither of us watched the HBO House of the Dragon one. No, I don't have um, HBO anymore. Which I'm sure we talked about. No, neither do I. But I, I know people were talking about comparing those two to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could talk about Game of Thrones, but I don't think you've seen it. And I don't know if you're... No. planning on watching it either so not really but um <laughs> just but um i this this one of the things i think I, that was really good about she hulk uh as somebody who's watched pretty much all of the all of the mcu shows mm. um like the the disney plus mcu ones again finishing miss marvel um is that it feels very different from the other shows and while I did not enjoy it as much as some of the other ones, like Captain America Winter Soldier, like that got me, hit me in all the feels, mm. um, uh, especially the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I was excited every week when the next episode of She-Hulk came out. Yeah. And my wife and I, Melanie and I watched it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, while when it came to Rings of Power, I watched it, um, but sometimes I was like three or four days late, and I wasn't worried <laughs> about that at all. Um, whereas with She-Hulk, we watch it usually on Thursday or Friday whenever we have the opportunity. Yeah, and and that says something about a show and mm-hmm. how much you enjoy it. Yeah, I I watched it as soon as I could, pretty much. Um. I don't know. I, I really appreciated that it was different as well. That's something that I liked about um, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Like the first four episodes were really creative and <laughs> just so many little things in the way that they replicated the look of old TV shows 
and stuff was it was it was so much fun and then it just kind of became marvel again and i i finished it but i was like uh <laughs> darn it um she hulk was it wasn't as crazy but um it was different and it was fun and i think for me at least if i watch anything else in phase four it's because she hulk carried phase four all by herself <laughs> for me okay wow that's awesome that's great i'm glad you feel that way mm-hmm. um i i'm saying this now because i meant to say it earlier um and, and so it's a bad thing to leave with but it's something that i was thinking earlier and i think one of the things that confused me about watching she-hulk is sometimes the cgi of she-hulk was amazing and she looked real and then there would be other scenes sometimes in the same episodes Mm. where she just was so clearly fake Mm. and that was it was frustrating to me when that when that those types of things would happen um because i go from being like yeah like it went from being you know just part of the life to being distracting Mm -hmm. to me um and that was a small thing it didn't impact too much but that was it was enough in those scenes that i was like kind of took me out of it um while the rest kind of drew me in yeah yeah i i i don't know i could see that It's, it's an uncanny valley um which is really hard to do um like that Luke that they brought in in Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. What am I looking at here? (laughs) Yeah. I I just, because they did it so well in some of the scenes, I was like, yeah, I think if it had been the same throughout, I would have been fine. It wouldn't have brought me in and Mm -hmm. out of kind of seeing it. Yeah. I guess that's a small thing. One, one more thing, I guess is a better thing to leave with. I hope, uh, is, uh, a positive. <laughs> um, I really liked how She-Hulk dived more into the real world of Marvel. Um, because with Doctor Strange and the and other big move Thor, big movies, you are kind of on this like cosmic scale that you know is really has a lot of potential for spectacle. But mm-hmm. She-Hulk is about the law, like superhuman law. You know, there's multiple court cases in here. And you get more of... <laughs> uh, the court case of, of the immortal man yeah. and all of his ex-spouses. I oh, totally yeah. forgotten about that until yeah. that's probably one of the funniest parts of this Yeah, it's just... I, I'm remembering so much more of this show that I'm enjoying. <laughs> uh, that was yeah. so... And, and you're going to make prolonged eye contact with, you know, whatever his <laughs> ex-wife was for 15 seconds. Really? Yeah. 20 seconds. <gasps> so funny. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. And like, that's, that's something you're, you don't really, you don't get in the movies and a lot of the TV shows, honestly, um, is just kind of the day to day, what it would be like to live in this crazy universe where like New York is getting destroyed and every three months. Um, <laughs> it, uh, which I, 
I think it's something maybe Stanley said. Um, or might have been Kevin, honestly. I don't know. Um, they said, like, Marvel is the world outside your window, um, outside your bedroom window. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very close to our world, uh, but, but a little more fun. Uh, and I, I don't know. I like the way she Hulk dove into that. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm talking too much, but one more thing, uh, is, I don't know. I, I didn't, this, this is a very feminist show. Um, I personally, I don't really have a problem because there is lots of stuff for the men's, uh, in Marvel. Um, <laughs> so much stuff, uh, so much more. So. Thanks for calling us out in the mansplaining part of things. That was kind of like, yeah, yeah I, I was like, thinking about that this whole time. <laughs> I was like, it's like, yeah, two guys talking about she Hulk. I wonder how that's going to. Yeah. How that's going to sound on Twitter. Not that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. While uh, uh, Hulk and she Hulk smash lots of things. And a lot of uh, critics seem to be smashing the show. <laughs> Uh, that's not our our perspective at all. No. In in fact, I think we'd say it smashed one out of the park, <laughs> or at least a ground rule double. <laughs> yeah, S- smashed our expectations, our non expectations. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. nice going into a show without high expectations, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And like maybe if we entered Rings of Power with the same lack of expectations and, and lack of anticipation, because mm-hmm. we've been waiting for the show for a while, and we knew it was going to be visually spectacular. We we're just wondering about the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I Whereas with... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I, I didn't really have... I tried not to have expectations for Rings of Power because I was very <laughs> skeptical of... Yes, you tried not to. The idea of doing a Silmarillion. Um in a show and like, I don't know. I tried to write a poem while I was watching the rings of power. I just said, there are some places a screen cannot go. A deep magic pixels cannot comprehend. And that was rings of power for me. And I wanted it to be good. Like I, I really wanted it to be good. I didn't necessarily expect it to be good, but I really, really wanted it to be, and it looked like it might be, might from from the trailers. Um, so, I, I guess in that way, I had high expectations. Well, thank you for carrying this episode, Hunter. Um, oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome, and, thanks, uh, sir. Thanks for listening and asking questions. You do give much better summaries than I do. Well, I'm glad to hear that you also think I did a bad job in this episode. So thanks for, <laughs> no, thanks for that. No. As, as an affirmation-driven person, I appreciate your de-affirmation. Oh, no. I was definitely fishing for uh, a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> 
There is no one I would rather do this podcast with. Same here, Hunter. Uh, Have a great night. Great talking with you. You too. (laughs) Hulk out. (laughs) Smash. There's no like button, no.